Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host, and today, you know, there's been a lot of focus on Kamala Harris, especially as this Ukraine um conflict heats up and she goes over to Europe and talks and, um, you know, basically sticks her foot in her mouth. And, you know, Tucker did a whole series uh, on the seriousness of politicians and, you know, how he basically miscalculated the whole Ukraine situation because Kamala Harris was involved and how she couldn't be involved if, if, um, if, you know, we were seriously concerned about uh, Vladimir Putin and Russia invading Ukraine. And, you know, I've, I think a lot of us sense that our politicians are not the smartest people. And not only that, but they're, they seem to be the worst of the worst of our population. And it's, it's, it's both something to laugh at, but it's also something to be very nervous about because uh, this particular conflict brings into light um, some of the very serious dangers that exist in the world, uh, and namely with, with countries that have nuclear weapons uh, in addition to our own country and how an exchange in that area could really be um, um, life-altering for everybody on the planet. And um, it's a very serious thing. And and we just, you know, Kamala Harris specifically, and Joe Biden as well, but Kamala Harris uh, seems to really have no skill whatsoever for the job that she has. And, you know, some people might say, well, that's what happens when you say you're going you're gonna, to you're, you're gonna appoint, um, you know, a, a particular race of a person instead of I'm going to, you know, pick the most qualified person. And I understand that. That's, that's true. There are other black women that were way more qualified than than um, Kamala Harris, I'm sure. But I just want to delve into this subject a little bit today because it's it's a little bit concerning, and and the idea that she's one heartbeat away from the president really gives me pause and makes me worried a little bit. One, because Joe Biden's very old uh, and doesn't seem to have all of his faculties. I mean, they could. Um, they could put the cabinet together and, you know, basically say that he's not fit, not competent to be president and put her in. And now we've got this, you know, I mean, pardon me if you're offended by this, but just imbecile in the White House. And that really concerns me. And so I'm going to start off by playing this little montage on Kamala Harris. And then we're going to dig deeper into some of these uh, comments. And I'm going to tie this to a movie that came out in 2006 that probably most of you didn't see because it's pretty stupid humor but at the same time it seems like it's what you know what is happening now break it down in layman's terms for people who don't understand what's going on and how can this directly affect the people of the united states so ukraine is a country in europe it exists next to another country called russia we campaign with the plan Uppercase T, uppercase P, the plan. Do you plan to visit the border? 
Um, not today. <laughs> but um, I have before and I'm sure I will again. I said I'm going to go to the border. And I, when are you going to the border, the Vice President? The administration has asked. I'm not finished. <laughs> We've been to the border, so you, this whole, this whole, this whole thing about the border. You haven't been to the border, I, and I haven't been to Europe, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. And I'm being clear with you right now. Yes. Okay. And, and and so, if you're interested, I'll continue to be clear. There are a whole lot of people, especially people who live in rural communities, who don't. There's no Kinkos. There's no Office Max near them. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. We are doing it. But should we have done it sooner? We are doing it. What do you see as the biggest national security challenge confronting the U.S.? What is the thing that worries you and keeps you up at night? Frankly, one of them is our democracy. You don't feel misused or underused? No, I don't. When folks vote, they order what they want. And in this case, they got what they asked for. I went off script a little bit. <laughs> So none of those, uh, none of those clips out of that little montage, or you know, there's no context for any of that. But uh, it just kind of gives you an idea, uh, you know, how she interacts with the press and like that first one where she explains Ukraine, the Ukraine crisis, and she talks about Ukraine is a country in Russia. I mean, excuse me, in Europe, and Russia is another country, a bigger country, and. Russia invaded Ukraine, the smaller country, and that's wrong. I mean, that's how she explained it. It's like, wow. And then the whole campaign, the plan, the plan, you know, capital T, capital P. I mean, she's. it sounds like she's, you know, mocking that little guy on Fantasy Island or something. I mean, just bizarre kind of behavior. Um, the whole border thing was really bizarre. I mean, you know, when are you going to the border? And, and then she gets combative, you know, with that uh, Hispanic reporter. And then Lester Holt straight up tells her, hey, you haven't been to the border. And she's like, well, I haven't been to Europe either. What's your point, you know? And it's just, I don't know, it's bizarre. I mean, it's like she has no skill whatsoever for this job, and yet she's in the job. I mean, she's a victim of the Peter Principle, essentially. Um, And then that, uh, there was another one, and we'll bring context to all these but that it's time to do what we're doing because the time is now and all this kind of stuff i mean it's like what are you talking about and so i don't know the the fake laugh just a lot of the stuff that uh kamala harris you know does it's like how did she get to this role and of course i know you know, early on, she dated Willie Brown. He was a powerful politician in California, and he basically gave her her first job and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But still, it just, even with all that, it makes you wonder how you could um, elevate yourself all the way to, um, you know, one heartbeat away from the presidency of the United States. It's just, it's really astonishing. Um, so what I want to do to set the stage, I'm going to, I'm going to bring a little comedy in. Hopefully it'll be funny for everybody listening. Uh, but there was a show, a, a movie back in 2006 called Idiocracy. And Idiocracy is basically a story that um, there was a, essentially two groups of people, people that were really conservative about having kids and very careful about having children and and 
would put it off until the time was right. And then there was this other group that was irresponsible that had kids out of wedlock and all this other stuff. And over time, the, the planet changed, the, the makeup of people changed and, and you end up with this, what they call idiocracy instead of a democracy, it's idiocracy. So I'm going to play the little intro for that. And then, uh, we're going to play a clip from that. Um, and, and then we're going to move on to Tucker, or we might we might put Tucker in between. As the 21st century began, human evolution was at a turning point. Natural selection, the process by which the strongest, the smartest, the fastest reproduced in greater numbers than the rest, a process which had once favored the noblest traits of man, now began to favor different traits. Most science fiction of the day predicted a future that was more civilized and more intelligent. But as time went on, things seemed to be heading in the opposite direction, a dumbing down. How did this happen? Evolution does not necessarily reward intelligence. With no natural predators to thin the herd, it began to simply reward those who reproduced the most and left the intelligent to become an endangered species. Now... Obviously, this is satire, right? But it seems to be happening, right? I mean, it seems to be uh, evident in our body politic. Uh, you, you know, and I, I, sometimes I hear Joe Rogan talk about this. He's like, I'm just a guy talking. You know, I don't know anything. He's, he's like, I don't know anything. But he's kind of a curious guy. And he asks a lot of questions. And he's able to draw, like, important people to his show. But he's like, I didn't go to Harvard and Yale or Princeton or any of these places where all these smart people went, but it makes you wonder like where, you know, what kind of education are we, you know, serving up in these, in these institutions, you know, I mean, have they been so corrupted by the democratic wing of the party, uh, democratic uh, party politics that, that it's all just propaganda. I mean, all the way to the top of the, the, some of the most prestigious institutions of the world. I mean, it just, it really makes you wonder um, how, how we're going to pull out from this. I mean, we, you know, and I've heard other people speculate that we might have, you know, just, we might have another dark ages ahead of us, another hundred years or so of just idiocy uh, until we get back to some um, resemblance of respecting principle and logic and rationality. So I'm going to let Tucker kind of expound on this. And he does a pretty serious hit piece on, uh, on Kamala Harris, but in my opinion, it's deserved. Why didn't we see this coming, this total loss of control? Well, because we assumed that if things were dire, serious people would be involved in fixing them. But we looked up and we saw Kamala Harris involved. So he's talking about the run-up to the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. And basically he's saying this is the reason he discounted it, you know, that Kamala Harris was involved and she was the one over in Europe going to these security conferences and whatnot. And so he just assumed that the Biden administration, and in his mind, you know, the Biden administration had this handled. Um, and so they were he was using that as an indication that, it couldn't be that serious and that this was all just a bunch of warmongering. Harris had just come back from Europe where she'd been conducting, quote, diplomacy with her allies. But averting war with Russia, saving the civilized world, come on. 
It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree. This whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I, I mean, I don't think you guys. And my pronouns are she, her, and hers. She, her, and her. She would look down at me and Kamala, what do you want? What do you want? And I looked back up at her and I said, freedom. <laughs> You're going to literally see the craters on the moon with your own eyes. Oh my goodness. With your own eyes, I'm telling you. We must together work together to see where we are, where we are headed, but also see it as a moment, yes, to together. It is the perspective of, of a woman who grew up a, a, a black child in America, who was also a prosecutor, who also has a mother who arrived here at the age of 19 from India, who also, you know, likes hip hop. <laughs> like, what do you want to know? Well, I want to give you, I want to give Well, what I want to know is how the hell did you manage to piece a career together that led to the vice presidency of the United States of America? That's what I would like to know because this whole you know, we are here together to do things together. And, you know, I mean, this is just gibberish. Uh, she can't, you know, kind of put together a, a, a comprehensive thought on anything. And it's just bizarre. It's like, what, you know, is she so, is she, you know, is it that she doesn't know who she is so much that she can't, take a position on anything or doesn't know how to take a stand on anything or does she just not know anything? I mean, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, somebody that uh, knows her better would be more interesting uh, to get some insight from, but it's just, it's bizarre for sure. This is just not a serious person, not surrounded by serious people. And yet we're in an extremely serious moment that demands seriousness. Of course, we must together work together to see where we are going together, but also see there's a moment together. If you've taken peyote, you know what she means. Otherwise, you're probably baffled. Once again, it's time for us to do what we've been doing. And that time is every day. Yeah, so, you know, Tucker, he seems equally baffled. And, of course, he quoted their, quoted her in a couple of those little ramblings that she had and he you know makes the comment you know if you if you take if you're take if you're on peyote you know what she's talking about but of course he's being facetious and and nobody knows what she's talking about in those it's just it's a it's a word salad that she's just trying to get through some moment either where she doesn't want to discuss something real or she doesn't really know what to say so she just strings together a bunch of words what do our European allies think of this? Well, of course, they've come to the same conclusion. Less than two weeks ago, as all of this was brewing on the brink, the Biden administration sent that person, Kamala Harris, to represent the United States at the Munich Security Conference in Germany. And while she was there, she assured the world that she and Joe Biden had this situation completely under control. Yes, Putin would like to invade Ukraine. Of course, he would. But not on her watch. Not while Kamala D. Harris was on the same continent, this continent known as Europe. No way. And here's how she expressed that resolve. And yes, this is a verbatim quote from the Munich Security Conference. Quote, perhaps this is a moment, as life does present us with those moments, that challenge us to ask what is our reason for being. And I think we all know the history of NATO and its reason for being. The spirit behind this term we use, the transatlantic community, the word community meaning a collection, not 
a collection of individuals who see themselves as a collection than as one. And that's where we are now. I would just love to know what the people in that room thought of what she said. I mean, I, I would just die to know what they were sitting there thinking when she said that. They must be thinking the same thing I'm thinking. How in the world is this person the vice president of the United States of America? And let's just hope and pray that uh, Joe Biden doesn't die and that she's elevated to the president of the United States. I mean, that that's that's just even a worse scenario than Biden being president. The idea that Ukraine might join NATO obviously caused this crisis in the first place, whatever you think of it. We know, because we've watched for years, the more Western leaders pushed the idea of Ukraine and NATO, the closer Russians came to invading Ukraine. It's not a defense of that, it's an observation of it. That's true. So obviously no sane person would say something like that with Russian troops massed on the Ukrainian border. You'd have to want an invasion of Ukraine to say something like that. And at the time, we didn't think they did want that. Yeah, so I've been saying this all along, that uh, almost immediately following the fall of the Soviet Union, we've been expanding NATO um, since the mid-'90s under Bill Clinton. And the more we've done it, the more Putin has said that he wants it to stop, and we just keep doing it. You know, Latvia, Estonia, Poland, now now Ukraine. And um, all we had to do was just say, no, you know, we understand, you know, what you're talking about, Vladimir Putin, and, and we won't expand uh, NATO any further, and certainly not into Ukraine, and we'll sign a treaty stating such. That's all we had to do, really. But for whatever reason, uh, Clinton didn't want to do that. Bush not not only did Bush not do that, but he actually uh, tore up a treaty that we had with Russia about intermediate range missiles uh, that that really angered Putin. So, you know, there's a lot of mistakes here in our foreign policy, and it's just it's just sad to see on TV all these people um, suffering when all of this could have been avoided and you're never going to hear, you're never going to hear the state department admit, uh, that this was a failure of foreign policy. It's just like we were talking about the other day in the inflation and Milton Friedman was talking about, you're never going to hear the federal reserve say that they caused something. They're always just going to say, but for our wise leadership, it would have been worse. And that's what they're going to say here. But for our wise leadership and foreign policy knowledge, the Ukraine crisis would have been much, much worse. And so that's just the way it goes. Humiliating our country, jeopardizing our safety and the future of the world. Kamala Harris is now the point person on Ukraine. In Diplo speak, she's got the Ukraine portfolio. <laughs> What's she doing with that portfolio? Well, starting at the beginning, explaining things to the American public. If the world economy is gonna collapse, and you're no longer gonna be able to afford meat for dinner. If Europe's not gonna have power, you should probably know why. And it has nothing to do, they assure you, with the criminal negligence of people like Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. No. Yeah, you know, Kamala's in charge. She's got the Ukraine portfolio. And, you know, he basically echoes what I said here is uh, what I said earlier is, you know, these just aren't serious people and they're never gonna, uh, even if they make a mistake, we're never gonna know about it officially, right? Uh, they're not going to admit that. 
Um, they're just going to claim that it was always, it would have been much worse without their wise leadership. Watching this, maybe you're starting to understand what the whole point of this administration is. It's the equity agenda. And under the terms of that agenda, only the least capable are allowed to assume positions of authority in the United States. It's government by the dumbest. That's how Pete Buttigieg, a guy who can barely drive his own car, wound up in charge of all of our roads. And so all these people got their jobs. It was intentional. Now, Washington has worked this way to some extent for a long time. It's just that under this president, the principle has reached its horrifying but logical end point. The last president hired Michael Cohen to be his personal lawyer. But the difference is Donald Trump didn't make Michael Cohen the attorney general of the United States. Biden absolutely would do that as long as Cohen was transgender. And you know that. Tucker talks like maybe it can't get much worse, but I think it probably could. You know, uh, it probably could get a lot worse. So I'm going to switch back to idiocracy and play a clip. And let me just set the stage here a little bit. Um, this is 500 years in the future, and the main character has entered uh, into a, a cryogenic study. It's supposed to last for a year, but it, it something goes wrong, and he actually, uh, him and another woman are actually put in this cryogenic uh, test, and, and they finally come out 500 years later after a big garbage uh, slide, and their pods open up, and they, it's 500 years in the future. And through a series of events, they determine that he's the smartest person in the world. And so they're coming to him for all these solutions because they can't grow their crops and uh, people are starving and things are just not good. Rondo the Thirst Mutilator had come to replace water virtually everywhere. Water, the basic component of all life, had been deemed a threat to Brondo's profit margin. The solution came during the budget crisis of 2330 when the Brondo Corporation simply bought the FDA and the FCC, enabling them to say, do, and sell anything they wanted. Joe didn't know any of this, but he did see a problem that he might actually be able to solve. For the last time, I'm pretty sure what's killing the crops is this Brondo stuff. The Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. So wait a minute. What you're saying is that you want us to put water on the crops? Yes. Water. Like out the toilet? Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be out of the toilet, but, but yeah, that's the idea. But Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. Okay, look. The plants aren't growing, so I'm pretty sure that the Brondo's not working. Now, I'm no botanist, but I do know that if you put water on plants, they grow. Well, I've never seen no plants grow out of no toilet. Hey, that's good. You sure you ain't the smartest guy in the world? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, look, you want to solve this problem. I want to get my pardon, so why don't we just try it, okay? And not worry about what plants crave. Brando's got what plants crave. Yeah, it's got electrolytes. What are electrolytes? Do you even know? It's what they use to make Brando. Yeah, but why do they use them to make Brando? Because Brando's got electrolytes. I don't know if it's just my sense of humor or, uh, or what, but... Uh, that's kind of what I envision it must be like talking to Kamala Harris. Uh, obviously not that bad, but, um, but pretty bad, right? I mean, it's just these circular arguments and not based in any kind of reality. And of course, Brondo is, is like Gatorade. Okay. So they basically at some point quit putting water on the crops and started putting Gatorade essentially on their crops and they wouldn't, and they wouldn't, uh, 
grow. So that's what this conversation was all about. But it's taking place inside the White House. The smart guy is talking to White House staff members, people on the cabinet. And this is the level of intelligence in the conversation. So um, to me, that's just what I think about when I see Kamala Harris talk. I think about idiocracy. And if you haven't seen the movie, go see it. It's 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 stupid, but it's it's funny and um, it's it's crazy. There's some just crazy comedy in there. All right. Well, that's the future, right? That's somewhere in the future. But let's get back to the present. Um, Tucker's going to, he's talking about Kamala's going to be going back to Europe. She's going to go to Poland and uh, a couple of different places and give some speeches. I I suspect this is not going to be a very popular trip for her, but uh, Joe Biden himself is not taking it. He's like, I'm not going over there, so I'm going to send Kamala. And it's probably not going to, it's probably not going to go well. That according to the Hill newspaper, Kamala Harris is going back to Europe to see how much worse she can make this disaster. She'll be heading to Warsaw, Poland and Bucharest, Romania to quote, show solidarity with Ukraine, which means to badly damage key American interests in inventive new ways you haven't yet imagined. That's what's going on. A crisis that gets more grave by the day, whose ramifications are clearly more serious than anyone expected, overseen by people who have no wisdom or foresight or restraint and fundamentally don't have the interests of our country at heart when they make their decisions. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, you know, he talked about the equity agenda and how it's leading to um, the people that are filling the seats on the bus in this administration. And it just, I don't know, it's, it's a bad idea. There's, you know, history is full of bad ideas and this is just one of them. And it's, it, I suppose it's going to have to play out before we, before we actually get rid of it. You know, um, people, you know, I often had discussions with people about Trump, you know, they would talk about, did you hear what he said? And they were just kind of offended by the things he said, the way he said them and things like that. But at least you didn't have these craziness kind of stuff going on. I mean, people were acting rationally and, and logically and, I mean, this whole equity thing is just irrational. It's illogical. It doesn't comport with the the historical meritocracy that uh, the United States has flourished under. I mean, it's just it's just a bizarre way to try to reform the country. I guess that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to reform certain aspects of the institutions that exist in America. But it just seems like a weird way to do it. Instead, she spent the last week filming a truly bizarre video for World Space Week. But don't take our word for it. Here it is. I just love the idea of exploring the unknown. And then there's other things that we just haven't figured out or discovered yet. To think about so much that's out there that we still have to learn. Like, I love that. I love that. And so I'm very excited about the Space Council. We're going to learn so much um, as we increasingly, I think, are curious and interested in the potential for the discoveries and the work we can do in space. So that's one of the things I'm most excited about. But the other, you guys are going to see. You're going to literally see the craters on the moon with your oh, own eyes. Oh, my goodness. With your own eyes. I'm telling you, it is going to be unbelievable. 
So I'm sure most of you saw this. This was um, Kamala Harris doing, uh, oh, I don't know, kind of a, almost like a public service type thing, right? Uh, but it was all acting. It was all just a big act. In fact, one of the kids, at least one of the kids, was an actor. And, and she's talking to 13-year-olds here. And these aren't five-year-olds she's talking to. I know you don't see the, the images, but it's just a bizarre way to talk to you know, 13-year-olds. Uh, the other thing that I think is interesting about it is, and I think this is, I see this a lot in the Democratic Party. You know, they're just enamored with technology and exploring outer space and all this other stuff. And meanwhile, they can't rub two sticks together on the planet that we all live on. And that's, to me, is bizarre. I mean, it's like, how you know, why are you so focused on outer space and Mars and all these other places? We, today, we live here, and we have to live here, and we have to get along with other people. But they just, it's a complete abdication of their job here. They're just, it's a, I think it's just a way to distract people from what's really important here. And... You know, one of the things I thought of when I was listening to the clip just now is she was talking about, you're going to see the craters of the moon with your own eyes. Well, I got to tell you, these kids aren't going to see the craters of their of the moon with their own eyes if they don't really get serious about this foreign policy and keep us more friendly with Russia. I mean, they don't <laughs> – a couple of – just a handful of nukes going off on the planet, and it's over. I mean, we are living in nuclear winter. So, you know, people have got to get their focus on what's important here and quit looking off at the stars and daydreaming and, you know, I don't know if it's a distraction or whatever it is, but this is one of the big problems I have with with this whole um, global warming agenda or gl- climate change or whatever you want to call it is it's a fantasy, Okay, it's not attainable with current technology. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't be investing in that technology, but it, it means we have to deal with what the way the world is, what we have available to us today, and what we can do with what we have available to us today. We don't need to be dreaming, you know, certainly not politically, we don't need to be doing that. I mean, if, if, if people want to go to school and be a scientist and, you know, dream about what's 20,000 light years away from the United States or from the from the, this earth, that's great. But politically, we need to be figuring out how to get along with the people that live on this planet. Candace Owens, thanks so much for coming on. So I don't know if you dared to watch that whole thing, and I'm not just being mean for political reasons. I've never seen anything that fraudulent in my whole life. It is really a bizarre thing to watch. And it's just, the thing that's bizarre, it's like you, you question yourself, has she ever even been around children, by the way? Right. These are, as you reported, this is somebody who was a child actor who reached out to his agent and asked to get this part. He was called back weeks later and said, yes, you got the part to star along the vice president of the United States and, for, and try to normalize and humanize her, which he, you know, unfortunately for him, he failed at because it's hard to humanize uh, Kamala Harris. And what's more bizarre is that he's 13 years old. Why is she speaking to 13-year-olds like this? She's speaking to like, like they're five years old right. using the expressions and using her hands as if you're reading the hungry hungry caterpillar to a kindergarten class it's so scripted there's nothing authentic about her at all yeah candace owen bring, candace owens brings up some really good points here i mean she just completely lacks authenticity and if you if you lack authenticity there's no way to relate 
to the public, which you're, you know, responsible for ruling over, you know, I mean, people just are like, who are you? Right. Um, anyway, that clip though, when she's talking about science and going to the moon and seeing craters with your own eyes, I, one of the things I was going to say is no, this is not another clip from idiocracy, but, uh, this was real in the sense that they really filmed it and uh, really staged all these kids. And the whole thing, it's like Tucker said, it was completely fake and it's bizarre. I guess that's the only way she can communicate is if it's 100% completely scripted and planned out. Uh, Otherwise, she just throws together word salads that don't mean anything. Yeah, because, I mean, it's a different level. They're all phony. All politicians are phony. Every single one of them, all weird, creepy personal lives, got it. But she's so phony that her phoniness is an act of aggression aimed at her audience. I mean, she's daring you to watch her without vomiting. I mean, she's literally that phony. Yeah, she's so unlikable. It's hard to, it's hard to think that they could ever put forth a woman that was more likable than Hillary Clinton. But by God, we a Democrat Party has yeah. done it. I find yes. her to be more unbearable and more unlikable than Hillary Clinton somehow. And it's because it, it's the acting behind it. It's the phony laugh. It's the cackling yes. laugh, you know? And again, to have to go out and get actors. We see Joe Biden appearing in front of a set at the EEOB. We've got Kamala Harris hiring child actors. I mean, what is actually going on in this administration? This really does feel like it's a Saturday Night Live skit. She leaves you pining for the authentic maternal warmth of Hillary Clinton. It does seem like a Saturday Night Live skit, skit, except it's not funny at all. It's it's embarrassing. It's worrisome. Um, She's completely incompetent. Um, And yeah, I agree with uh, Candace Owens. Um, I don't know how the Democratic Party found somebody more unlikable than Hillary Clinton, but they sure managed to do it. And you know, this was obvious to everybody during the the Democratic primary run-up. I mean, she was one of the first candidates to have to leave the campaign because she just didn't get any votes from anybody. Nobody voted for her. And yet, you know, she's the vice president of the United States. It's, it's, it's bizarre. It really, it's, it's very bizarre. It's idiocracy. It's idiocracy come at least the very first early stages of idiocracy as far as I can tell. All right, well, look, that's uh, just about it for today's show. Uh, I've got a couple more clips I'm going to play, uh, close out the show with. Uh, but I just wanted to say, you know, thank you for coming in and listening today. I hope you enjoyed the program. Um, <clears throat> you know, I scour the internet for some of this content that uh, can can then comment on and Hopefully it's entertaining. I want it to be entertaining, but also be educational. And hopefully you find it to be both. And if you do, share the show with with somebody and um, uh, leave a review on your favorite podcatcher. A good review for me. And maybe we can uh, add a few more listeners. When considering, you know, Kamala Harris or any politician, I've found one of the best ways to evaluate them or to think about what it is they're talking about in terms of policy is just does this think of it as like a fork in the road you know they're they're saying something and there's a fork in the road does does whatever they're saying that policy they're talking about does it take me in the direction of liberty or does it take me in the direction of tyranny and that's kind of the standard by which i listen to these people you know and uh, and i say i don't like what they're saying because it takes me in the direction of tyranny, or I say I like what they're saying because it takes me in the direction of liberty. 
And if we can just constantly force them to take the Liberty off ramp, you know, I think we'll do better in the United States. I think I, I feel more comfortable um, living together without the government in the picture with my next door neighbor than I do with the government in the picture. And of course, we're never going to get rid of government entirely, but if we can, if we can minimize, if we can minimize their effect on our lives, then of course we can have more liberty. We can have more happiness. We can pursue um, our ends the way we want to pursue them. And I think have a, a more peaceful, more prosperous uh, life in America. And that's that's uh, the vision I have. You know, for um, that's what who gets to decide is all about. It's it's you should get to decide. You should get to decide about what you do, about where you go, about who you see, who you associate with. It, it's nobody else really has much say or should have much say over that. So. And Kamala Harris isn't the only problem, but she's the most glaring symbol of it.